of um, Bishop Jackson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah I used to do the mm-hmm. call on Tuesday. I listened to it. Oh, wait. I think I made Hello, social media. We thank you for joining us again. Tonight, we're going to continue with our series. We're talking about how to love difficult people. And tonight, we the subtitle we're talking about is what in the world is going on? Okay, what in the world is going on? And the emphasis is on the word world. And so we're going we're gonna to see what that means. All right, so I'm going to start by reading the uh, outline here. This is this person who they said, I think the topic of love is so relevant in today's world where it seems like so few people can get along and conflicts around us on all sides. I believe people are more easily offended now than any time I, I can recall. And in certain instances, some people appear to be looking for excuses to be offended. Other times it seems more subtle. Some who may not be actively engaged in conflict may find themselves disagreeing with others about something and allowing to destroy a relationship. Okay, so you do you agree with that? That we live in a time now where conflict is on the rise. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when they have to put a um, on certain places, they put a little note saying. Um, we don't agree with this cartoon or animated movie anymore, but we're going to leave the content there because I go, you didn't really cross over into well, being offended very easily when you have to go and put a little disclaimer on an animated movie that's been around for years. Society itself's in big trouble. When they ask a Supreme Court nominee if they can describe a man or a woman, they can't. Just a problem. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just a big problem. What is a woman? They won't answer. What I don't a know. Big problem. Can a woman, can a man have a baby? They won't answer. Love mm-hmm. what our dear Andrew Womack said. Pull down your pants or figure out what you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said it. Andrew Womack said it. Uh, he stole that. said that. He stole that from me. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I used to say, have an Indian girl, have an out of your guy. It's our political climate. I think politics encourages <coughs> animosity and racism. Okay, politics. It's mm. profitable for them. It's profitable for politicians to do that. Mm-hmm. Not like what she said, politics. Anybody in any other arena? Politics. Religion. Ooh, religion. You got to say that louder. <laughs> religion. I'll say it. Religion. <laughs> religion? Yeah. Yeah, we say religion. Like religion. 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 Because I like what it says. It says people appear to be looking for excuses to be offended. I mean, I think we see that in the workplace. I mean, looking for excuses. You know, I see on a daily basis. Excuses to go home. Clock out and go home. Excuses to quit. You know, you know, we talking about being difficult people. Just looking for any kind of excuse to get out of, you know, whatever is work or whatever. You know, I used to have guys work for um, me. Their grandmother would die about twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my! Yeah. 
And I said, we're allowing, you know, the difficulty to destroy relationships. Okay, relationships that you may have been in maybe 10, 20, 30 years, you know. And so we're talking about in this, let's focus on the world. This is the, the what I would say, the climate of the world. You know, people get offended. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, how about traffic? Road rage. Yeah, road rage. Kind of cut you off. People driving aggressive. Is temperatures are very, you know, high. You know, and tolerance is very low. And so we, you know, the, the culture of the world now is this: people get easily offended. You know, you. I've seen people, you know, in where I work at, you know, get caught. Or oh, I hear about in the parking lot, somebody takes somebody's parking space. They're about to fight. Well, y'all got your names on your parking space? <laughs> well, this, is the, this is the kind of stuff that we I hear. So I'm like, people, so it doesn't take much now for people to get offended. I had a guy today at, at a red light. He was revving up his, he had a Jeep, and he was revving it up. He was making a lot of noise. And that truck I drive is pretty fast. So when he took off, I took off with him. So he tried to go. I tried to, I just stayed with him. I couldn't beat him easy, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then, then I I, I we got pretty fast, so I slowed down. He got ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And as I went by him, he was giving me the finger from the side of the door. And I was laughing. I thought, man, I thought you wanted to have a, just a friendly little drag race. Yeah. I'm going to continue. It says, the truth is moral values are rapidly declining. Mm-hmm. Few people are going, going to church. The integrity is something that very few people even understand. It says honor and faithfulness are fading, are fading character traits. And many people are greedy, selfish, rebellious, hater for what is good. Yeah. All right. So on that note, we're going to go to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 28 through 31. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 31. I'm going to read it from the King James Version tonight. This particular one. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malicelessness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. What's that? Magnet. Malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, adventures of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful. All right, so here we see this is the climate that we live in. I'm going to go back and read it from the um, NLT. It says, since they had, since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them in their foolishness, thinking it, and let them do things that they should have never done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hatred, envy, murder, quarreling, dis- deception, malice behavior, gossip. They are backbiters, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. <clears throat> 
I like that they said they invent new ways of sinning. <coughs> and they disobey the parents and they refuse to understand, break their promises and are heartless and have no mercy. So this is the kind of climate we live, you know, in now where people are being difficult, you know. This is what we have to deal with. And of course, you know, we see it it increasing, you know, all the time. And so these are the type of things that we, this is the climate where we live in, where we live with difficult people who have, you know, tempers are shorter, patiences have less patience. And so this is the kind of thing we have to deal with. This is the kind of world we have to deal with. So the question is, how do we supposed to love people in the midst of all this? Same the way Jesus sees them. That's for all of us. I mean, that's for all of us. That's for me. It's for anybody. Like we said, you know, like we said, the guy put his finger up in the middle of traffic. I know we've all been guilty of at least putting our fist up at somebody as much as what, you know, it's the middle finger. And I go, you know, I was saying about when, um, when you mentioned politics really, Terry, I thought about I said, you know, even if it's, even us as Christians, I know so we can get guilty of life. You know, getting into that, you know, instead of not that it's not good to have opinions and, and you know, stand mm-hmm. up the truth and stuff, but to do it to a point to where, you know, we're not looking at like it's not right what somebody's doing, but why are they doing it? Like, like God looking like Jesus. I mean, He talked to people who the Christian or the religious society back then was like, Jesus, are you well? Like, why are you talking to them? You know, and but He saw the heart. You know, He saw what was going on. He got to the root issue and. Anyway, I just think that's where a lot of our offense are. Fine, everybody's, you know, our offenses come from this. We're looking at the surface instead of going, God, why are they having a bad day? Why did they pass by me? And yeah, I want to kick them because <laughs> they cut in front of me at the stoplight, you know? It's like, are they stressed? Are they, did they get a death? What if they got a death sentence today? What if they, you know, found out they have cancer and they're going to die or, you know? Just thoughts like that. I was just, I think if we thought more in love, we wouldn't think, you know. See, Julie must have been looking at my notes because that's what. She always does. I mean, she's got, she's got something in her But I mean, I like what she said because, I mean, you you have to train yourself. I like the word train to be in that type of mindset. You know, versus, you know, most times when somebody cut us off or something, we're going to be like, okay, you know, as Gene said, a guy threw his middle finger or something. You just gave me that one finger salute. <laughs> yeah, so we that's the mind where you have to train yourself. So reading it says Jesus maintained both made both love and peace in a world where he was misunderstood, hated, and rejected. All right, so let's go to um Luke chapter nine. We're gonna go to a few scriptures here. Verse twenty-two. We'll start at verse twenty-two. Well, we're going to start, let's do 21, 21 and 22. So we're going to look at how, because Jesus is my example. How did he maintain love and peace in the world? And he was misunderstood. He was treated badly. So we're going to look at him. All right, so we we got here Luke chapter 9, verses 20, we're going to 21 and 22. And it says here, reading from the LLT, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. He said, the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He will be killed, 
but on the third day he'll be raised from the dead. All right, so this this is tells us how he's treated. Now ain't nobody here we talking about Jesus. And it tells us he said he, Jesus even said I'm gonna be rejected. First of all, by his own people. It says by the leading priests, by the teachers of religious law. Then he said he's gonna be killed. Okay, so but he's teaching us how to maintain this. So we understand and saying that hey, he was misunderstood, he was mistreated, okay, by difficult people. And he was able to handle it. And so I know sometimes when we say stuff, I know people say, Well, I ain't Jesus. Yeah, but he lives on the inside of you. And with everything, he equipped with everything that we need, okay, to handle uh, situations in a different, in this difficult world. So Do people say, who said, I've never heard people. I've heard people say, say that. that. You know, when yeah. you make statements. They it's kind of an excuse. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, what it is. is. I've never heard anybody say that, so that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I've heard people, people say that. I'm not Christians who don't have any concept that Jesus lives inside of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they know him. Sure right. They think he's at the church. Yeah. yeah, they go to visit him for an hour a week. An hour a week. Well, <laughs> probably majority might maybe. Talk to, we're taught, a lot of talk to be like, I'm nothing, you know, I'm debased, Jesus is up here, I'm down here, yeah. So they say, I'm not Jesus, and okay. Right. Because of, because and they don't have to try. Yeah, you don't have to try. Right, because yeah, when, you, yeah. when, you, when you read this, it says he was, you know, he's being rejected by these people. We Of course, we look at and read the stories of Jesus, how he was, you know, when he was going to the cross, he was spit on. He was beat, you know, he was, you know, ridiculed. I mean, all those things. And then, okay, when you say, okay, yeah, Jesus is our example. Well, no, because I, I don't, we conclude, as she said, I don't have the ability to do all that. You know, I don't have the patience to do all that. I don't have the yeah, fortitude to do all that. Yeah, I'm not Jesus. So, therefore, don't expect me to, act like to handle difficult people like he did because I'm not him. I'm not him. Then you have the other extreme. Kenneth Copeland had done something along those lines. Loved some, did something very kind to an ugly person. And the person said, who do you think you are, Jesus? And he said, I thought that was the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was her. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, but like so you said, that's an excuse. Right. It's funny because Andrew talks about all the time. He goes, um, a third of me is wall to wall Jesus. Yeah. He goes, mm -hmm. a part of me is Jesus. He goes, part of it, I am Jesus. I have Jesus in me. He goes, we're supposed to act like him. He goes, we fail. But that's not the point. They're, they're going like, I can't act like I'm not Jesus. Like, yeah, see, though, if you, if, you, yeah, if you adapt that mindset, then you're going to be like the, like I told you, the guy that wrote the song, Try Jesus, but don't try me. Right. That's right. Yeah. You're going to adapt that. That's the type of mindset you're going to have. Because you're like, okay, yeah, try Jesus because he can do that. Don't try me because I'm not, I don't have the ability to do that because you're going to catch these hands. And so, therefore, you know, that's the type of mindset you're going to have if you take this mindset that, you know what, I'm not Jesus, I can't do this. You know, in some cases, you know, maybe you don't want to do that. Because, I mean, 
acting some from a human point of view, you I'm not, you you are afraid of being a doormat. You're afraid of being taken advantage of. You're afraid of, you know, being walked over. And I, you know, I was talking to one of my coworkers who was a Christian, and that's a that is a real thing. Cause he was like, you know, sometimes when you let people know you're a Christian, you know, they're gonna try you. They're gonna push you to the edge. Yeah. They're gonna see just how much holy ghost you got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's see, let's see, let's see how much Jesus he he or she has. And so I'm gonna push and push and push and push. And then, you know, as Christians, when we finally push back, and then you ain't have to be, you know, like I know there's times where I've pushed back. And not in a um, in a Christian way. I got upset. And matter of fact, this was recent, you know. Got upset, you know, because the person was being difficult. And, you know, the first thing they said, well, I thought he was a preacher. Because, you know, they think you are not supposed to get upset, get angry, you know, because. They have this they, idea that you're right, not human. Right. They do. And so, therefore, they think you're supposed to be docile and laid back. And even though they're mistreating you, you're not supposed to respond. Uh, I'm, I'm about 50-50 on that. And I was a manager in car business for a lot of years. And most of the time, I could deal with a really hard customer. Every now and then, I'd have to ask them to go outside. I just got in the parking lot and deal with this. Because they would take it. They would, they would get so serious. Then he'd call me and say... You gonna be upset if I come home without a job tonight? <laughs> <laughs> One guy was cussing. I got that phone call. He was cussing me so bad. He, he just kept cussing and kept going on and, and and I said you need to stop. And he kept it kept it up and kept it up. So finally, I took my glasses off. I took my pens out of my pocket. Took my watch off. He said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm getting ready to drag you out in the parking lot and kick your butt." And he was about that much taller than I was. And uh, he walked into the waiting room, sat down like that, and wouldn't talk anymore. He got real quiet. I don't think anybody ever talked to him like that before. But then I saw him in a, in a supermarket beating up a cashier two weeks later. He was just running his mouth on her, and he'd get people in a position where they didn't have power, and he called names, and, and, I, and I walked up. I got in front of everybody, and I got right behind him. I tapped him on the shoulder, and he looked at me, and his face like colored rain. <laughs> oh, and I looked at the cashier, and I said, don't listen to this man, hun. He's an idiot. He likes to get people in a position where they can't talk back and bully them. I said, you're a bully, aren't you? And I'm, I'm talking to him now. Mm -hmm. he, got, he left. He walked right out and shut his mouth. But I bet he does We're that. not saying that's the way you But I bet he does it all day, every day. I bet he does it to everybody he runs into. Well, hold on now. Let's, let's, let's look at that. All right? Let's look at that because doesn't the father do that for us when the enemy yeah, comes against us? Yeah, for the girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and I think that we got this this lily pad vision of what who Jesus is, mm -hmm. yeah. as if he's just a huge marshmallow, right? Yeah, and th right. this is the same Jesus that turned the tables over, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So and, and 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 people don't understand how much strength it takes to exert that level of self control. When you 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 have the authority and power to just obliterate someone. That's true meekness, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the definition of meekness. Right. Power under when control. I was a manager, if you had a point, 
I, I'd always try to figure out what your point was. And if I could figure it out, I was on your side. If you had a situation, you really had a situation, I was on your side. But if you were just trying to get something for free and you just wanted to humiliate everybody that got in front of you or got in your way, then, then I was a, I was like a boulder. I wasn't moving. And I had one guy come in and he, he was just cussing me up and down, giving me a hard time. And uh, I went into my boss's office and I said, I'm going to bring Mr. Smith in here. I said, he's been out there cussing me and fussing me forever. And I had a boss that gave everybody everything. I mean, if you, if you wanted anything, he'd give it to you if you had a new car. And I said, and if you give him anything, you have my resignation starting right now. You'll not give him. And I brought him in and said, Mr. Smith, this is Mr. So-and-so. I said, good day, gentlemen. And I pulled the door shut. And I knew that my boss, who would give away the whole store, couldn't give him anything because I would walk out. And I, I, was, I often wondered, what went on in that meeting? That guy was screaming. He wanted new stuff on his car, you know. He didn't deserve it, but he wanted it. But I, I was listening to something the other day. I'm gonna throw this at y'all. Um, it was just—he's a pastor and a guy. He got to say, but he came from the streets, and he said he was kind of walking somewhere in the mall or somewhere, and he met a guy that, you know, they was enemies on the street, and the guy would just. Picking at him, poking, you know, yeah, the guy was like, yeah. And the last thing the guy said, yeah, if I come over there, you know, what you going to do? And he said he had his armor battle with him. Oh, and then he said, well, he oh, told the guy, you know, well, if you come over here, you know, uh, it's going to be trouble. I'm going to pretty much, you know, hey. And he says, armor battle asked him, he said, yeah. He said, Pastor, I know if he come over here, you you better handle him. He says, but what is going to be the payoff if you do that? So what are you going to gain from it? And he said he thought about that. Because I'm not going to get me wrong. A lot of times, Christian, you know, I understand that sometimes we may can't avoid conflict. But I think we should do it at all costs. But I'm like that question. Let's say you do fight, beat the person up, whatever the case may be. What are you going to gain from it? Because again, we talk about difficult people can be difficult, but what are you going to gain from not thought about that? So that makes sense. Because what are you going to gain from that if that happens? I had a guy who, who was backing into a, a bay in, in a shop I was at in Norfolk, and he was coming in crooked. And I put my hand on his van and I'm, I'm looking at him through the passenger window and I'm saying, Come on back, come on back, go slow, turn the wheel this way. He looked at me and goes, Get your blankety blank hands off my truck. And he saw my name tag. He said, Gene. I said, no problem, dude. I walked away and went back to what I was doing. About 10 minutes later, I was under a front end rack. I came out from the front end rack, and I'm wiping my clothes off. This guy came up and punched me in the face. <gasps> right? Well, within about 15 seconds, I had him on his back, and I was standing over him saying, if you blink, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> my boss came out and said, you think you went a little overboard? And I said, the guy hit me, man. I said, it's not like I started something, you know? But that, then the guy got in his van, and he, got, he was so nervous when he got in his van and left, he hit a telephone pole down the street. So I thought that was God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, with my situation, I've mentioned several times here, I was talking about this too, where my father's girlfriend is, I go, I've had some Christian people, a few I've told a little bit too, just in the past years, and it's like, Oh my gosh, you need to pray for her. You need to give her this chance and that. I'm like, no, I, you're preaching the choir. I did it all. 
And I'm not saying I have some struggle with some of the feelings for it, but I know she was, a child's view first. Yeah. How a child I taught her to love. Yeah. So she gave her chance that chance being a child and the heart of a child. It's very But even like say even as an adult woman twice, all my chips in. Gave her every chance, and I mean, you know, two chances, really huge. Really no. And I just, you know, like I said, personally, just my own, you know, just I don't, like I, said, I don't hate her, and I never, and if I have, I don't want to hate her, you know, I'm being real. But I go in the basic way of looking at it, I go, God, you gotta, you gotta work on her. I gave her God, I go because I can't. I knew God did not want me to keep, as we said, a doormat. It's I trust the God to take care of that, you know, and I, I you know. Sever, not sever, just got rid of any relationship with her because it was harming me over and over. And does she really want to change? You know, and I don't know. Like I said, God knows that. And as I've told my father before, it's been situations I go, she needs help. But I said, she's got to want it. And I said, it ain't going to be me because I tried. And I said, just pray for it, you know. So I always think that turning the other cheek is when you're tested. Like if somebody's testing you, you turn the other cheek, that's fine. But if somebody's intent on beating you up or hurting you, then you don't need to turn the other cheek. I mean, there's a there's a the doormat. There's a place where because yeah. if you went to if Jesus was sitting there and you said, "You want me to be beat to death?" He said, "Of course not." I mean, you you you'd have to get put, be able to put your hands up somebody's intent on that. Yeah. But but if if they're like spitting in your face or slapping you to test you, you can walk away from that. You know. And like you say, it's like God knows, you know, that yeah. person in yeah. Christ, like, God, what should I do? How do I handle this? Yeah. You know, who give you the discernment to know they're really hurting, they, really, they they need something, or they don't care about you, and they're very evil, and they've been proven over and over that they're very evil, and they don't care about anything themselves. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go to um, Stan Luke, chapter 23. And we're going to read 33 and 34. Twenty three, you say? Mm-hmm. Chapter twenty three. You're gonna read thirty three. Thirty three and thirty four. Thirty four, yes. I said that when they came to a place called the skull, they named they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on the right, one on the left. I think the focus on thirty four, but Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they and the soldiers gambled his clothes by throwing dice. So here's Jesus being mistreated by difficult people. People didn't like him. And his response is, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That was his response to that. Man, I know you don't get a lot of amens on that scripture. <laughs> Forgive what? Forgiveness. Because I think sometimes we think forgiveness is something that people have to earn. No. Especially when I it think comes we to have to give it regardless of it's ever asked for or earned. Like, <clears throat> because that sets you free. Mm-hmm. But here's the question why should I give it to this person who's being difficult? Why should I give them forgiveness? To help you. Release you from the anger or the situation. You're the one that gets set free. 
Okay. I don't do that over and over. I've said I forgive people in the past like six months of my life. Probably I'd go still do sometimes if I need to. Even just hear myself say it, I go, I forgive this person. They owe me nothing. Mm-hmm. I owe this to myself. I'm, they might not be like scripturally, crazily, like perking me back, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like, you know, it's not hurting them, it's hurting me, you know? Mm-hmm. God don't want me carrying that bitterness. You know? And that, that's how, you know, we in, in the therapeutic world talk about forgiveness. Because you you're you're pointing it back to the person and how you as an individual benefit from that. Now, of course, as believers, that's something we're mandated to do. Right. And you know, because because that's what our father did for us. So is is you know, we have supernatural ability to forgive. But just from a carnal, you know, a natural perspective, forgiveness has a a, a direct benefit because it, it allows you to move forward. And not be re-victimized mm-hmm. by whatever offense you suffer. You know, um, just looking at thirty-four, I, I guess I have a question because it it seems to be a caveat or a, a reason for Jesus offering or asking his father to forgive him. He's saying because they know not what they do. So it kind of goes hand in hand. So it's not just forgive them, but it's forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Well, the Roman soldiers, you know, uh, Roman government, Pilate, they probably really, really didn't know what they were doing. And a lot of the Jewish people probably didn't know what they were doing. But did the chief priests, scribes, you know, um, those that are in leadership, like Nicodemus, you know, he said, you know, Father, we, um, no, he said, um, talking to Jesus, he said, we know you're a teacher come from God because no man can do these miracles. And then they also, um, um, they said, uh, you know, they knew who he was, but they wouldn't confess him because they loved the praise of men more than praise of God. So it seemed like they were more knowledgeable and they knew exactly. So are, are they included in this statement? Is everyone or even better yet, is everybody included in this statement? Or is some left out who really knew what they were doing? Well, my response to that, I know, I think it's in Corinthians where they did say that if they had known that they was, you know, <clears throat> crucifying the Messiah, they wouldn't have killed them. Um, that's my response to that. So I think as a whole, I think everybody's included in that because they didn't know that they was, you know, crucifying the Messiah. And the leadership of the Jews, that, 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 that blame was right. right on them. Yeah. Everything he did, they tried to, to, to say it was natural or it was this or it was that. Or, right. Because uh, uh, he was, they, they were losing their jobs. <laughs> I mean. And then you can go back to the scripture in Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood because mm-hmm. there's always a demon behind any evil behavior. Right. 
I think it's like today too, the deceptions. Like I think the Pharisees, a lot of them, I'm, I'm sure some of them were purely evil, but I mean like some of the, you know, religious leaders and stuff, they wanted to do good, but they were so used to the structure and it's strict and you got to do this and this and this. And, don't and they were so used to running the show. They run the show, yeah, that when this like very unorthodox, you know, guy comes up and starts healing people and it was changing, but it wasn't changed the way they thought it was supposed to. Is he supposed to come on this white horse and all this stuff? And then it was like, we got to kill him. We got to get rid of him. Can you imagine he looks at somebody and says, what's easier to do? Uh, forgive sin or, or raise somebody from the oh, dead. Yeah. Those guys are sitting there going, they couldn't do any either either of it any of it yeah. now i'm just thinking about kevin's question i was too but yeah i think we're on the same page it, it, it's it's complex because you think about you know specifically the the repercussions that the the jews suffered because of what what happened here right because you think about you, you know when when they brought Jesus and Barabbas out, yeah, yeah. and they said, "Hey, who who do you want to free?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "Give us Barabbas." And he knew that they were going to say, "Give us Jesus," because Barabbas had been killing people, and he was a terrible guy. And Pilate, you know, the Gentile ruler, is like, "He's innocent." Why, what, what, you know, what's the charge here? And he washes his hands of the thing. Mm-hmm. And what do the people say? Let, Let his blood, blood be on, on us, us and on our children. Right? Yeah. So you see the, the the natural repercussions of that, you know, of, of what happened in 70 AD, the, the destruction of Israel and all the mm-hmm. persecution that, that they were under mm-hmm. after that. Right. But so from a natural perspective, you could see what what the consequences that were faced because of what happened. In Luke 21, Matthew 24, that all happened back in 70 AD. But now looking at it from a broader perspective. For they know, know not what they do. That can be applied to everybody. Yeah. Right. When you're you're ignorant, you're ignorant. And still, you don't understand the spirit dimension behind what's pushing you to do something. If you're a Roman soldier and you're just following orders, uh, there's, God was not going to hold them accountable. They still had an opportunity to receive Christ even after they killed him and be, and be saved. And because even, even the rulers, you know, there's a, there's a reason behind their envy and greed. Like, what's the end game there? Like, why do you desire these things? And there's, 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 a, there's still a level of ignorance that's there that's driving them to do what they do. So you can apply that to all of us, but just, you know, but looking at the, the circumstance, the cause and effect of what, what, what happened, you can see that the, the Roman, the Gentile world, didn't experience what the Jewish people did after after they they took that upon themselves the, mm-hmm. the, the shedding mm-hmm. of that innocent blood. But what about Lazarus? Would he be included in that also? Hmm. 
give me give some more detail. Like, um, I guess he him him being the it says he's a a traitor. Well, to in order to be a traitor, you have to really kind of know what you're doing, what you're betraying, or or really you more. Do you mean? You do mean I guess you're more you deceived. You mean Judas? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean you last year. Yeah, you threw us off a minute. Yeah, okay. Now we on the same page. Lazarus was Jesus' uh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I know why you okay. asked more detail. <laughs> yeah, Judas. I'm sorry. Judas is scared. <laughs> well, even with that, I think if you 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 see how he responded after the fact when he threw the money back mm -hmm. at the you know the people that like the people he did they, they you know the, the the pharisees like well this this we don't have nothing to do with this this is what you agreed to mm -hmm. was it 50 50 coins or something? 30 30 30 30 pieces mm -hmm. of silver okay so i mean that's the that's the way i see it right. i'm looking for that scene if we could look at it Then I then I got one more group to add to ask. That might be in John, I think. Are we looking it up? Should I go ahead and ask my last yeah, question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, would they, would, would the group that after the resurrection of our Lord, um, they told soldiers to tell it, gave them money and told them to lie and say that um, his disciples, they came and stole them. Yeah. Basically, they knew, I mean, my understanding, they knew that he had risen from the dead. But let's create this lie that probably goes even to the day. I think scripture may even says that. Yeah, it does. In the Roman culture, they be included. They be included also. In the Roman culture, those guards—if you were ever guarding anybody and, and he escaped—all the guards that were there were murdered. Okay. All right. So let's go there. Mm -hmm. We can go there. Matthew twenty-eight, mm -hmm. and it's twenty-eight and eleven. Okay. Twenty-eight and eleven. In the New Living Translation, says, 
As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priest what had happened. All right, so number one, like Kevin mentioned, the guards knew what happened. They had so they had awareness. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their stories spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Today. Until today. Today. All right. Now, if you look at what happened, just basic cause and effect, so basic sowing and reaping, right? Now, they, a lot of the folks who believe this story were. They reap the consequence of being blind to the gospel that, that just lived itself out in front of them. Right. But from a broader perspective, looking at it broadly, if what Jesus said doesn't apply to them as well as us, then there's there's some we can we really say that he the Lord is no respected persons because the gospel is free to everybody. And all have, in scripture says, what all have sinned come short. and fallen short of the glory. Now, what there's different levels of awareness and different levels of hardness and the deception. But see, these, these men, based on what they did, they took the bride. And that sin is is doing is doing what to their heart? It's hardening them. Right. So that's that's that the consequence. But now the the is the forgiveness still available to them? Yeah. But the deceitfulness of sin, like Hebrews talks about, and it's that's the danger. Because what what sin is doing to the heart and, and how it hardens you. And, and, and you can be subject to, to blindness because of spiritual blindness. The guilty ones here are the elders. They got them all together and gave them money and cocked them, came up with a story. So they were like complicit in everything. Yeah. Well, you know, scripture says, don't all be teachers. Right. <laughs> so, so just so what I think I'm hearing is that statement Jesus make is the forgiveness is available to everybody but potentially some of the people that I've mentioned may not have Receive that forgiveness mm -hmm. or accepted that forgiveness. So hard, so hard. Mm -hmm. 
That's I mean that's 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 my interpretation. That's what I see. Okay. Yeah, just based on you know the whole council of scripture. Could to read um Kevin's first example, you can go to Matthew's twenty seven. We're starting with verse three. Just gonna read that. And it says that when Judas had who had betrayed him realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I betrayed an innocent man. What do we care? They retorted. That's your problem. <clears throat> then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went went out and hung himself. So he did realize he had betrayed an innocent man. What would be an example of like the sin and the hard part, like the spiritual blindness? Like what, what's an example of what, what does that mean? I think that's just people you run into that can't 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 believe that there's a savior, can't believe they can be saved and uh, for several different reasons. Okay. Well, let's let's look at let's that we can stay here, right? Now in Corinthians, it says, "Godly sorrow leads to repentance." Right, but there's a there's a worldly sorrow that leads to what condemnation. Mm -hmm. Right, and remember what Peter, when 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 Jesus told Peter, "Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times," and that's exactly what he did. Denied him three times. But yet, we hear about Peter's exploits as a disciple, in spite of him denying Jesus three times before man. But yet, still, we see Judas here. There's remorse. That's not repentance. And see, did he really, did he truly understand who Jesus was? Uh, what know, what Jesus offered as the Messiah, the, forgive, the forgiveness, the love that was there. He had to be going through a rough time because he was out with the 72, raising the dead, healing the sick, watching blind eyes open. Mm -hmm. he, he was in the middle of all that. So for him to turn on Jesus at the end of that, he had to be so conflicted, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I've never noticed this, maybe just as a note, did he really understand, did he really understand, which we're seeing he probably did, because I've never realized, he said he betrayed an innocent man or innocent blood. He didn't say, I betrayed the Son of God. You right. Know? I've never oh, even yeah. thought of that as a yeah. person here, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of, if that's a thought, you right. know. Right. But Peter knew, yeah, just put walked together and think that's close to Jesus he, and realized it. He felt, you know, felt remorse because he betrayed Jesus. He didn't say that, he just an innocent Person. It's remorse the word used in the original manuscript because to me that just means you're sorry about the consequences. Right? It's yeah. not a heartfelt repentance, it's just uh this Yeah. 
and also would would um, Judas fall under um, where in in Book of Hebrews where it lists those steps of not being able to renew one to salvation? Would he fall under that criteria? Now that's some some deep theological yeah, words there. Yeah. You could say that. But then you can say it not because it didn't seem like you really truly knew Jesus completely might have been. Because some of the behavior he did, he was right there with him and he still right. yeah, also, it, it was innocent. when they when they yeah, broke the Jesus. perfume when she um it was the, you know, when she had broke the perfume mm -hmm. on Jesus' feet and stuff, he just said, like, I could have sold all that money. money for all that money on his feet. Instead of like wow, thank you, sister, that's great. Oh, I loved you. You know, it wasn't that, it was just like mm -hmm. it was like ooh, but whatever right with that, you know. It's money he couldn't pilfer. <laughs> well, it's just none of his business. I mean yeah, it's it was just, weird that Jesus let him keep the bag. treasure. Yeah, but he knew what he was. Mm -hmm. I feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> I think to the last minute, Jesus wanted to see him repent. And, of course, yeah. I, I feel yes. sorry for him. Mm -hmm. I think he could have been like Peter. I think mm -hmm. to the very moment, yeah, yeah I heard right. someone talk to Jesus. Jesus. He had it to the very last moment. Mm -hmm. All he had to do is repent, and it would have been the mm -hmm. same. God has so much Person more mercy choice. than we realize. Mm -hmm. Right. But and also Jesus he was uh, too much. He was also called, remember, he's the son of perdition. So mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, that's something to look at. What's the significance of that when Jesus made that statement? Well, Peter, I've yeah, been, I've been denying really Christ three times that night. So I bet that drove him in his ministry. Thinking back and back about that and thinking, I'm making up for that. It's never going to happen again, you know? All right, continue this outline. Right, here we go. So it says the simple truth is we can't just hide from all the people who are difficult Why? or need to know Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> That's a million dollar question. I'm just being funny. <laughs> Sorry, you mean to bring funny. But it says our, our first inclination, our first thing may be to be to run and hide, but Jesus has called us to be bright lights in the dark world. So I mean and I've heard people say this, like, well, okay, you know, they just want to be in an atmosphere where everybody's Christian. No difficult people, just want to oh, be yeah. in a safe environment, you know, uh, insulate myself from all difficult folk because I just can't stand these folk. I don't want to deal with oh, Come on, there's a few, a few of them difficult ones in the flock. Well, but see, <laughs> you're right, but I'm saying, but the, I agree with you. But the mind, that's not our mindset. I, there are people who think that, you know what, if I can just have, you know, a you know, Christian job or work in ministry. And have bubble guards on. Yeah, have bubble guards on to the thing that, you know, if I just work in a ministry job or work for a ministry, then I'm not going to have any conflict. I'm not going to have to deal with difficult people. But that's a deception. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a deception. Mm -hmm. But like you said, we won't just want to hide. And it'd be like you said, hey, can I just hide from people, difficult people? I have to deal with them. I ain't got to deal with them on a daily basis. Hey, just Lord, send me somewhere Where's where everybody say full of the Holy Ghost. I ain't got no issues. You're talking about an alligator pit. Everybody's <laughs> saying. <Yep. laughs> 
I was talking this week to a lady who's um, and I really liked a lot of what she was talking about, but she um, she said I don't go to I don't even I don't go to Walmart because there's too much chaos, and I'm thinking I'm into Walmart like on Friday nights before when there's like hardly anybody there. So like, what you know? Yes, is that an old Walmart. lady with long gray hair? No. Okay. I don't know what she looks like. But I thought, isn't, like, that's not even reality. Because I've been to Walmart, I mean, on a Friday night, I thought that's when people go. I just happen to be there sometimes. And and there's, like, hardly anybody, many times I've been to Walmart. And there's hardly any, she, she doesn't even go to Walmart. Like, what? It's, well, I guess it's not you, even reality. But you think about that, though. It's like, it's everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because even when we talk about difficult people, somebody that, that may be difficult for for Mary may not be difficult for Eric. Right. Right. So it it it, oh, it yeah. that that just speaks to that just speaks to people's experience and what and where we make mistakes is is projecting our own experience on other people and trying to hold other people to those expectations. Right. And that's that's, that, that's one of those relational things that that a lot of us suffer from, and we we don't know it. But we think everybody's gonna live up to our values and standards, and they not. <laughs> I was thinking that a little bit ago. Me personally, one time in my life, I actually would have been the opposite. I would have been like, I don't want to be around Christian people. Well, not really Christian people, but like you know, religious. You know, like even if you're in a Christian environment, you're gonna have religious people. So it was like, no, thank you. I'd rather just be around the world. At least they understand you, and they, you know. <laughs> Like for late, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's a different person. All right, so let's let's go quickly with that. Let's go to um, Matthew's. Who's in Matthew chapter five, verse? We will start at fourteen. Cause we're dealing with this. Okay, you know, let's just hide from everybody. Put me in environment. I don't want to deal with nobody to call people because you know I think it's easy. But let's see what the the scriptures say. Starting in verse fourteen, Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen. And it says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a light is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. All right, so he gives the answer here. So... If we for be light, we can't a light ain't gonna do you no good in other when it's around other light. Do you know how men responded to that? They built seminaries up on top of mountains where they gotta ring a bell and two priests pull them up on a rope. I mean you can't nobody can get there. I mean that's these guys didn't go out in the world. These guys went away from the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. But I'm saying so if I put a light among light. What good is that going to do? I mean, it's saying, okay, so a light is only good, or when you're not going to be able to see this. You're not going to be able to see it when it's in darkness. Okay. So if we just got a bunch of lights all together, mm-hmm. okay, I can't see how bright yours is because I'm, I'm on light. You ever been outside when there's no light at all? Mm-hmm. You can see somebody light a match for half a mile. It's so yeah. dark. I mean, you can, you, a little light. You can see it forever. 
Yeah. It made me think earlier, we were talking about, you know, like, why this can't I be by ourselves? Why can't we be away from everybody? <laughs> it's like, it's a, I got to thinking about a former youth leader I had, and my mentioned before, it was Adam. He was so, I mean, he got, he was drawn to the just difficult people in society, and he would just say it, like, we'd ask him, we're like, why do you go, again, my best friend, my brother, Dennis, he'd be like, he'd ask Adam, it's like, because he was in the youth group, we would help him, we were his assistants, like, Adam, you know, do you see how big that guy's muscles is? It's like, well, I see how big his heart is. And, you know, he would see like, these, like, really rough people. And I go, that's just how we should be, you know? See, we talk about Walmart. Remember, I told you, I, I love Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind going there. I haven't been there for a while, but just because I haven't made it there. But I don't look at it. I, I'll go. I'm not going there because it's all these bad people. Um, I love to go. I'm gravitate to her. She can make like no, very bizarre. She used the word like chaotic. No, I know Well, I know what she's talking about. I've experienced that before. It just is. just from a natural perspective. Well, because if you know. if you go there at the right time, you will. It is. Mm-hmm. There's a YouTube channel called Only at Walmart, and they got they got people in there that you, you can't believe that they're people. <laughs> they need to be in a freak show. Well, my brothers, the, the mother to my brothers. <laughs> That's the way to say it. Yeah, we kind of off the rails tonight. I'll tell you what. But this is what <laughs> no, no, about, about what happened. Um, she went during, this is how bad things could be. She went and we came right behind it. She went, It was so bad on her. Um, she got trampled oh, yeah. on Black Friday. She had stood around, like they said, to stay around all these these black things, you know, covered up and waited patiently with all these people. Everybody was joking, having a good time. And the closer the time came to unravel it, I mean, to unwrap it, everybody started growling. They, they started hearing. <laughs> she said you could hear the people coming. Stampede. It was a, a um, video games or whatever you call it. And she said she's a little tiny thing, a little tiny thing. And she said people come up, and I mean, they just. Well, how, over around, over, how long ago was that? A couple years ago. Okay. Because that's why they stopped doing that. Yeah. When the doll people well, used to fight over a cabbage patch doll or something. Oh, that's way better. They beat each other up over cabbage patch doll. Anything. Electronics. Her mother came yeah. in just that yeah. after it happened, and she was so mad. And I thought she did the right thing. Really the really lines and stuff. Stampede came. Oh, no, that was crazy stuff. No video games left, by the way, when she got up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it and really you you think about you know what the scripture says about the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. Now you think about what Judas did—thirty pieces of silver to betray the Messiah. Man, you know, and even if he didn't have a revelation right of who Jesus was, he stick thirty pieces of silver for, for innocent blood. Well, he had a green problem, for, didn't he? For a man who. You walked with for three years? Yeah, you ate with him, you talked with him, you slept, you know, the same crap, you laughed, you cried, all this stuff, and yet... You, but Kenneth so Copeland, I think, taught me that Jesus, they never were able to kill him. Right. And and he, this was just going to be like another, that's just going to be... He had to lay it down. Well, he learned it wasn't, so he wasn't worried. He wasn't worried, that's what Kenneth Copeland taught me. Because mm-hmm. how many times did they try to kill Jesus and no couldn't touch him? They he walked through the crowd like he was invisible and, and he was in the garden like and before then and it, he knew what was coming. 
Yeah, but this was the one time where that's not what happened, so... Okay, but this verse gives us, I like what 16 said, okay, it gives us the answer why we have, okay, I feel like we've been called to difficult people, because look at what it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out all the sea, so that what, so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Yeah. So it gives us the reason, okay, we are called to difficult people to be around them, so that people can see a picture through us, through the heavenly father. The How he acts. Right. He is. I love what you said. The love of God. That's what we should be expressing. Dennis tells me all the time, um, he said, you love too well. Because I forget so easy. Because Now, I'm not programmed. I have plenty of rage. You know, face fall for me. But he goes, you love too well. I said, how can you love too well? He goes, you can. Because <laughs> you do it all the time ago. He goes, I wouldn't forget that person. I go, um... I can't help it. He goes, that's what I mean. You love too well. I go, well, I don't want to stop. And as I get angry, he goes, oh, makes me feel, feel like you can, like that. It's funny. I go, but I want to be like that. That's just me. And if everything were always honky-dory, we would never develop any fruit. No. Mm -hmm. You only develop the fruit in the difficult places. Right. Yeah. Just to read here, it says, uh, you're interested in such a That's what I'm saying. Y'all sound hard. I like what I like what Mary said, man. Yeah, I like I won't go back to the Christian bubble. Difficult people hard, I'm telling you. But just reading this says this person said, I think there's there's times at a temptation for Christians to pull away from the world and desire not to associate with unbelievers at all. Okay, yes, it's true that we we don't want to continue to hang out with people who are involved in sin or who would be a bad influence on however. Otherwise, here's a saying that says, spend time with unbelievers as long as you are influencing them and they are not influencing you. Okay. Because I know we, you know, you may have this thing where, hey, well, I don't want to be around people, but it's okay to hang around them. It's like, as I said, as long as you have influence on them, it's good. But when they are rubbing off on you, then you may have to, you know. Well, who did Jesus hang around with? He didn't hang around with um, all the religious people. Right. Hang around the, but he was always influencing. The wine, yeah, he was the influencing them. The and the hookers. Yeah, he, but he was influencing them. Yeah, he, that's right. That's the thing. He was, he was influencing. They were drawn to him. Because he showed <laughs> What? I said, yep. <laughs> I agree with you. So, but I mean, there are times where it's the other way around. Where the, the, the difficult people, the sinners, got more influence on us. You know, uh, hey. You know, they cussing, I'm going to start cussing too. I don't have a problem with the sinner. I have a problem with the Christian holier than now people. I can deal, I can deal with sinners. That was a good one. I think Gene made that very that. clear, right? Yeah. He, he just beat people up. <laughs> you know, so my nerves. Now, now, since I've been saved, I've only done that, what, three or four times? <laughs> <laughs> and that's been 50 years. You told a lot of stories. It sounds like more than three or four times, though. Just saying. I would call her on the phone and say, uh, I think I'm going to get fired. She said, why? She just said that a little yeah. longer. 
terrible tone to speak. He did. He did. He did. He did. Well, I'm not hating on it, but... Yeah, I agree with you. It's genius. Every time he tells a story, he said, yeah, I just beat him up. <laughs> I mean... But I know he's not like... But it just seems that way. Uh, it's I like, hey, like I, that. Just, I just punched him in the face, okay? That's what he's talking about. I trained and I was a bodyguard for a while. And then when I became a Christian, I had this stuff. If somebody wanted to hurt me, I could stop them. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, a lot of people know like that. They like, hey, you know, and a lot of Christians, I always, I just beat you up, you know. But I like what you said though, because um, last week I was confused. Um, something like if they're trying to test you, yeah, yeah if they're gonna spit in your face or slap you once, yeah, yeah. So that's not that's not a big deal. If it, it you you're discerning, yeah, what's and. That's not what we didn't get that last week. So you, you, can, you can tell when you're talking to somebody whether they got big, really bad intentions. You, know, you, you can tell. Well, we mm -hmm. were trying to figure out last week, though, like, what does the scripture mean? And then, yeah, we'll but now good. this week, so I understand more. Because you're right. You're, you're not going to sit there and let them murder you. Right. But no. then, no. Right. so, you know. Because you're talking about boundaries and mm -hmm. how, you know, whether whether your persecution, what you're suffering, is a test of your your witness, is this persecution for the gospel's sake, or is this a, a, a direct attack on your life? Right. You see, Andrew talks about that all the time. Right. He goes, "You are." He says, that, "I've heard him. I'm, I'm, how many times myself?" He goes, "It is all of this is about the persecution is letting God take care of it." He goes, "But you have a right to snap yourself." He goes. I've heard him, we've heard him, I swear to listen to these different teachers, he goes, if somebody walks up to me and I have $20 in my pocket and that's all I have, and they go, give me your $20, he goes, I'm not going to let them take my $20, he goes, I'm going to fight for it. He goes, but he comes to the gospel, he goes, I am going to be silent if I'm being persecuted or something, he goes, I'm going to let, he said, God said, let me take care of it. I love what, what the, persecution, the way he says it, but I go, he's like, you will come and pick on my wife, you think I'm standing there and watch you pick on my wife? He goes, no, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do what I have to do. He goes, I don't want to fight anybody. He goes, but if I have to, protect her or protect my stuff. I heard Copeland say something about picked on Gloria. He'd kill him, and then he'd pray God raise him up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. I remember Andrew Romick also saying that when he was in Vietnam War, he goes, he just had the, you know, you know um, the encounter for God and stuff before that. He goes, if, you know, the Vietnamese were coming up, Across the hill, oh, he goes. Neat, yeah. He shot him if he had to. He goes. He remembered the feeling. Something he goes. I prayed for God to give him a vision and a, mm -hmm. there's love. Get saved, but he would have did what yeah, he had to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember. Yeah, exactly. pray for them to get saved. Like, exactly. Exactly. Shoot him, but God killed him. I mean, you can't stand there and let them. And the scripture said, "Thou shalt not murder." Killing's different. Killing kills what you do in war. Murder is what you do from your heart. It's different. But I still believe that, you know, when it comes to, I know we're talking about fighting yeah. kind of, and like you said, but I still believe when we talk about, I think we talked about this before, how God will provide a way of escape. Yeah. But a question, are you looking for it? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Are you looking for it? It depends. Because, yeah. It's, it's, they get your temperature up past the point, <laughs> you ain't looking for a way out. Yeah. You're looking for a way in. Right. So, I mean, you have to be looking for a way of escape, because I, I think I told y'all before, I remember. I worked at um place and the guy just wanted to beat me up for sharing my faith. 
I went and I never talked to him. Mm-hmm. And I remember he just said, you know, when you get outside, and I remember, and I wasn't scared of him. I was scared of losing my job. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got people to take care. I got kids. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Because, I mean, I know, okay, yeah, like you said, if he comes at me, okay, I'm going to have to defend myself. Yeah, sure you will. I, I can't just let this guy beat me up. And so I'm in praying to God, okay, I don't want to lose my job. Okay, so I'm, I'm believing you to do something. So like I said, but when I walked outside, he just kind of looked at me, but he didn't approach me. But, you know, I was looking for a way of escape. Now, if I won't look into God and say, okay, you know what, hey, oh, come so on, dude, we go outside, we're going to get it on. Tonight. Then it would, it would have been a different story, you know. Okay, I would have been unemployed. Yeah, somebody going to jail or the hospital. Yeah, one two. Yeah, a couple black Yeah, yeah. So you know, but I was looking for a way of escape. Yeah, I was looking for okay. This is not what I want. I know this is not what you want me to do. So I'm looking for a way out of this, and you have to show me a way out. Yep. God was with me one time. We got in a fight with a guy, and I, I broke his face up real good. And uh, I was in court, and uh, the judge was a guy I went to high school with. <laughs> and I was thinking, only God, only God can do this. Only God. All right, so I guess this is not a turn the other cheek Bible study group here. <laughs> no, if you're tested, you, 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 if you're folks, tested. folks throw hands in here. Tested or tested, you I turn tell you what. Cheek. You should do it. <laughs> <laughs> like the situation. No. It was. The guy needed it. And your pastor even said, it took I, you so long. I'd have got him before you. Yeah, that's what the pastor mm. said. Dang, that's tough. Your pastor said that. <laughs> I went to the pastor and said, I, mean, I really feel bad, man. I, I, I got this dang. guy. This guy's pushing me, and I got mad. Had a fight with him, broke his face up, and he said, uh, what took you so long, Gene? I'd have got him before that. <laughs> really? Well, it's in Proverbs, what you did. It is in Proverbs. It is. What? Yes. Warning you about taking somebody else's wife. Oh, I didn't take anybody's wife. No, he did. Yeah. And he needed a that's punch in the, the face. Oh yeah, punch. that is scriptural. It that is, is scriptural. scriptural. I, you know what? That's a good that's a good scripture to close on. Right, let's go there. We talking about beat downs here. That's gonna be our theme tonight. I broke his nose and his cheekbones <laughs> and his temple. I don't know if we want to end on that one, but oh, well, I, 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 I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Eric clean it up. We we, we, we we'll go there. <laughs> It's Proverbs I'm sorry, 6. I've lost it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're glad. All right, here we go. Proverbs. I'm Proverbs six, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start at verse thirty and then go down to okay. verse thirty-five. All right, just to set it up. Now, excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving, but if he is caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole even if he has to sell everything in his house. 32. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased, for the woman's jealous husband will be furious. That was me. And he will, <laughs> and he will show no mercy when he me. takes revenge. That was me. And he will accept no compensation, nor will be satisfied with a payoff of any size. Now, Forgiveness was given, and we see this person at least three times a week and stand and talk for a long time. So, But he does have a crooked nose. He does. He's, he's got some scars. He lives on one cul-de-sac from us. Whoa. So we see mm. this person weekly. 
So we see the, the we see the combination of the old and new testament mm-hmm. manifesting. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have invited him into our home many we times. Have. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to end on this note. Let's end, end on Ephesians 4 and 2. Yeah, that's, right. that's, 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 that's better. Let's end on a good note. That's better for sure. <laughs> well, I think it is a good note. Yeah, it there is. There was a wrong done, but forgiveness extended, and there's even fellowship. No. We, yeah. we, we in the flesh on that one, though, but yeah. But it's scripture. <laughs> we in the flesh. Everybody in this room, if you if they got honest with you, would say, I've been in the flesh a few times. Oh, yeah. There is nobody yeah, that can say that. Absolutely. Word. Ephesians 4. Well, we're going to start at verse 1. And it said, Therefore, I, prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you lead, lead a life worthy of the calling. For you have been called by God. And two says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So it says, make allowance, people. So, you know, we, we, when you're dealing with difficult people, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to get on your nerves. But we have to. It says, be gentle with them. Be patient with them. Making allowance for each other's faults, so that is the um, that's the stance that God wants us to take when it comes to the world. And I want to take it all the time, but it's hard sometimes. <laughs> it's just difficult. Yeah, when you say it was easy, we talked about last lesson. We yeah. said, hey, when we talked about hey, it's too hard. Like, it's, it's hard, but it's not too hard. It's doable. It's doable. Mm-hmm. All right, it's doable. We just have to, you know, stay in the mindset where we want to, as I said, looking for a way to escape. Says, okay, hey, mm-hmm. I understand. We understand we call to this to deal with difficult people. And so we got to take the right, have the my right mindset. And then, of course, allow the Holy Spirit to do it through us because we can't do it on our own strength. Okay. Let me. Well, close with the rocky thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> How did I say that? We will see you again next week. <laughs> Thank y'all. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. What you do, sir? Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. What'd she say?